So I'm going to record this one as a voice memo. Um, and then import it into the laptop. And then take that and upload it to Anchor. So hopefully the quality of this is pretty good. Or, you know, the usual. And uh, hopefully we, we don't lose the audio content. Because... I've been complaining, essentially, in my descriptions about my challenges with Anchor and losing my audio. The problem is I continue to do the same thing by recording my audio on Anchor and then uploading it, you know, through their servers and kind of allowing them to to hold all the keys to the castle. And if I have issues with the performance of the tools they've given me, it is my responsibility to change my strategy, not theirs. I'm in a <laughs> crazy, weird place right now. Um, like, I just got back from a 12-day road trip with the wife. Um, great time. We flew into Seattle. was in Seattle for a few days. Spent time, you know, downtown, San Juan. Saw my best friend. Wife saw her best friend. And then from there, we uh, stumbled our way through Oregon. Stopping in, I believe it was Ashland. And I'll go into details of all the different experiences and stuff throughout the week. Um, And then we went from Ashland to... I don't remember. Maybe it was Westport. And then from there to Monterey, Monterey to Los Angeles, Los Angeles to Pahrump, which is in Arizona. Or no, it's not. It's in Nevada. Um, 30 minutes across the border. Hour away from Vegas. Then we went from Pahrump to... Lake City, Utah. Technically Midvale, just outside. Um, that was just a crazy experience. We drove 3,300 miles in total from the day we received our car to the moment that we turned it in. <sighs> Sorry for the yawn. Um, still, still getting reacquainted. But what was so interesting is I had this great experience still trying to really comprehend the magnitude of an experience that big because and the only thing that I could really compare it to would be uh, when we went to Disney for a week as a kid or when we went to New York in high school for a few days but this was just so much bigger we got to see so much more There's no true way to explain it. And like we took photos, but every photo I took, I can honestly say, was nothing compared to physically being there. And you know, they always say a picture um, is worth a thousand words. I believe that's true. But I, I really want to kind of throw a spin on the quote 
and say that a picture is worth a thousand words, but it's only a whisper of the true experience. Because it was just really that incredible. Um, and really, especially the last week when I know it was coming to a close, I know there wasn't a whole lot more that we were going to be able to just kind of wing it, experience and discover. Um, and even after we got home, there was this fire, this, this burning energy in the middle of my chest. And it wasn't directly aligned over the top of my heart, but it was close to it. And it was just this, this energy, and it's, it's there right now. Um, but it's a little bit dimmer. Because on the flight home, um, my wife and I didn't get to sit together, which is no big deal. Um, and then on the, the flight with the layover, we didn't get to sit together. But because we didn't get to sit together, um, I listened to a podcast instead of talk to her. And I only made it about 20 minutes in. Before I had to... (sighs) Stop and reflect. And it was uh, Brooks Like, I believe is how you pronounce his last name. Julian Huff with Ed Milet. And their interview and kind of... Julian talking about or Juliana I can't remember Jules <laughs> I can't remember how to say her first name talk about the challenges that she had as a child with trying to get attention and acceptance and some of the things she went through and then learning because she was so competitive at a young age So pretty much she was distracted, um, I'll just say, from being a kid, that she forgot to love the little girl in her, the child, you know, that part of us that never truly dies fully. Um, And I don't know what it was, but whatever it was, hearing her talk about it, it just really broke me. Because that's something that I struggle with immensely. And I don't really know who's listening to this anymore. Most of my listeners aren't actually on the Anchor platform. Um, So I I don't get to see who it is. But that whole idea, it just broke me. suppressed memories but it brought up a lot of things that I haven't dealt with yet and I don't know how to deal with them and it's probably going to be a big driver for me to go seek professional help which is something that I've been kind of teetering with for a while now Um, there's just this this weight of anxiety and sadness it's not even a depression it's a sadness of how I interpreted what happened to me as a child 
and the thing is, like, it wasn't a very traumatic childhood, and we're not gonna get deep into that stuff today. Uh, stuff we're gonna talk about another time. But it really... It's almost strangling, you know? Like, I can still breathe. But I know I'm not breathing fully. And I know I'm in danger of suffocating to the sadness, whatever that truly might be. But, uh, I'm good. Nobody has to worry. You know, if you want to talk about it. Really, study this, you should know how to reach out to me. But, but yeah. So another thing that I really wanted to kind of just touch on this morning while I can is the idea that I, uh, you know, I come back from the most beautiful scenery ever and the most breathtaking views and just truly being able to see, you know, a different side of nature and these weird harmonies of valleys and barrenness and mountains and rivers and streams and you see an effect of climate change firsthand, you know, in these small areas, you know, we always, a lot of us hear about, oh, well, the glaciers are melting, the glaciers are melting, and, like, all these different things, but then to see how that translates um, really, really made a difference. But then I came home, I stepped away from that, and then you start having those internal conflicts of, oh, you know, well, so much more beautiful out there. When I get to California, I'll be happy. And as soon as I started kind of feeling those tendencies, like that wasn't the exact language I was feeling, but it was close. Um, I don't know. Like, why, why can't I be happy here? Why can't I appreciate the beauty that, you know, northern Ohio has to offer there's beautiful things here that the west doesn't have there's places to go things to experience and you know it might not all be in nature but we have the rock and roll hall of fame we have the football hall of fame we have a free art museum Uh, we have the beautiful Lake Erie and yeah the water might not be crystal clear but there's things to appreciate about it Uh, we have tons of hiking trails and you know all these different things to offer here in Cleveland and here in Ohio and the same is for wherever you are you know if I was in the least desirable place on the planet there would still be beautiful things and it really made me challenge where do I praise where do I place my happiness um Am I allowing myself to allow my circumstances to control my happiness? And, you know, it's it's a trap we fall into. I know I fall into it quite often. And it's something that I've gotten more aware of. I, I can't say if I've actually gotten better at it because I only notice it when it's a problem. Or when I'm, you know, being this super self-reflective person that I've, I'm being at the moment. But it's something that I really, really 
plan on challenging myself. Because part of what I believe is if you can't appreciate what you have, why would you be blessed with more? What would more do for you? And from my understanding and my experiences, more would do nothing. The idea of having more today than what you have. Oh, yeah, if I, if I had a million dollars, of course I'd be happy. And then bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Oh, yeah, you know, if I lived in the Caribbean, I'd be happy. Bullshit. Um, you know, I've... I've experienced this firsthand of putting conditions on my happiness and it doesn't work. I've experienced firsthand with other people putting conditions on where I should feel happiness or where they'll respect me or where they'll appreciate me more. And as soon as you achieve that condition, you just head into the vicious cycle of creating the next condition. And, like, this is different than goal setting. I'm not talking about setting a goal and achieving it, having aim and direction on where you're trying to go. What I'm talking about is appreciation and love for yourself, for others, for your environment, for your car, for your clothes. Like, do most of us, would we probably be more appreciative of, you know, a for in luxury cars or just sedans, a Mercedes or Ford sports cars, a Lamborghini, versus a Ford Taurus or even Toyota Corolla, which I happen to own, and I've driven a Ford Taurus. Like if we can't appreciate what we have, two things: one, you will never appreciate the next best thing, and two, you don't deserve it. Like, there's a, there's a, I don't know if you want to call it a tool, an expression, but if you're someone who invests a lot of time in personal growth and development, and reading, you know, those types of materials, or listening to those types of materials, a lot of times they'll talk about visualizing what you want as though you've already have it. You know, while you're driving your rusted out 1994 beater, Imagine it being the BMW that you hope to drive. Or imagine it being the EMG you hope to drive. And one thing that I've always said, but I never put the correlation together until this morning, or maybe it's a a rediscovery of an old idea I've had, is to me, what you believe... um, is what you think. So you think you want that BMW. You think you want that AMG. What you have faith in, though, faith is the act of belief. It's taking actions that express your belief into the physical world. So a way of, you know, taking that BMW, or taking your 1994 Toyota Camry that's all rusted up and beat up, and imagining it truly being that BMW is to care for it the same way you would that BMW. Care for it the same way you would have that AMG. So if you believe it to be the BMW, it's one thing, but if you truly envision it and empower yourself 
you want to draw the the power of the exercise out, you need to wash it like it was the energy. Like, don't drive around your same damn car for like the last four and a half years and never clean the inside. Because you tell yourself, oh, well, if this was a $100,000, $150,000 AMG, I would clean it more. In the beginning, you would. The first month, six months, you would. But I know from experience, and maybe you're different. Maybe you are. I'm going to guess probably not because it's it's a human nature flaw. But what's going to happen to me is I'm not going to clean it inside or outside. So I might for the first week, first month. You know, no eating on the car. I don't want the crumbs. Crumbs are hard to get out. Probably maybe the first year. But then your tooth's going to come around and be like, oh, you know, I've had it for a year. I'm in a hurry. Yeah, you know, let's just hurry up and eat these french fries. They don't make a lot of crumbs. But they drop a lot of fucking salt. The corner of the box from McDonald's, you know, might leak a little bit and drop some crumbs from the fryer. And before you know it, two years have gone by and this pretty car that you swore that you'd be different with, you're not. One thing I'm struggling with right now is my weight. Um, you know, I dropped seven pounds while on vacation. Um, I actually feel really good. When we first went on vacation, I made the mistake of uh, drinking Bang Energy drinks every single day for the first three or four days. And things are freaking delicious. And they really give you a ton of energy. But the thing that I forgot about them they also have creatine in them, which I don't know the sciences between creatine and how exactly it works, but to my knowledge is it pulls water and moves it into different parts of the body. Well, if you're not consuming enough water, which I wasn't because we were on the road, you know, six hours a day and I didn't want to have to be in a tight situation, need a bathroom break, um, if it's pulling water from somewhere... That means other things are getting negatively impacted. And as my experience, when you're dehydrated, one of the first places that really starts to get impacted is your digestive tract. Especially if you're eating, you know, like we were a lot of snack foods, pretzels and chips. Things that are quick and easy to grab. Um, and you're, you're eating these things. Well, those are also drying you out. And before you know it, you know, it's been three days before you're taking a shit. That's never fun on vacation because you're already stressed. And you know, making sure you get into different events and, uh, you know, on time, traffic, being in an environment you're not used to, so staying on alert, you know, for dangers that you might not be aware of, like a street hustler getting 20 bucks out of you before you even knew what happened. You know, all these, all these little things. And, and yeah, so, I don't know. I feel like I'm off on a tangent. But, but the bottom line is, you, you have to truly appreciate what you have right now. Right now. And treat it like it's the next thing that you know you're going to receive. 
Now treat your old beater like it's the new car. And by doing that, you're showing God, universe, yourself, that you're ready. Listen, I have what I have, and I love what I have. I appreciate what I have. I'm grateful for what I have. I'm using what I have to the fullest ability. And then by doing that, you then are able to receive more. And me, I feel like that's truly how the universe and God works, or at least in my experience, is how it's worked for me. When I've maxed out my current situation and my current resource to the best positive ability then I'm giving more resources and tools and opportunities and then once I show you know that on a regular basis and I show that this is not just a a spoof that this is a part of who I am being able to appreciate what I have being able to use what I have to the most positive ability. Um, and then sometimes I don't necessarily have to max it out. Then I have a little bit of momentum. And I'm not going from, you know, crossing the monkey bars on the playground from ring to ring. Now that I have a good swing going, I can skip and go every other. Because, you know, when you first learn how to do the monkey bars, you do next bar, one hand, and then the other hand meets it. I feel like that's how success works, and that's how circumstance and situation and opportunity and blessings work. You know, in the beginning, you have to learn how to appreciate what you have and then also learn how to receive new opportunities as blessings. And you're just going to go, you know, you're going to double-hand everything. And then you get a little bit of momentum going, you get comfortable. And then you start doing, you know, one ring, alternating hands. And like always, you know, you get a little bit ahead of yourself. You get a little bit, uh, a little bit excited, and you're probably gonna stumble. Whether it's you forget to appreciate what you have, or you know, whatever it is, and then you get going again. And then as you become more proficient at appreciating what you have and understanding what it means to appreciate and how to appreciate deeply, then what eventually ends up happening is that uh, then you can kind of alternate hands and skip rings or bars. And that's where the momentum comes in. You don't have to show the maxed out appreciation and use for a tool or opportunity because then the universe understands and God understands that you're going to use the next one to its fullest ability and that your appreciation now is truly deep so that way you can get the next blessing but as important as it is to kind of show the universe and God I think it's just as important to show yourself because you know belief truly is everything and when you believe you can truly do something and then you show that you can truly do something it's uh it's it's really it's really life changing for yourself. And 
I'm pulling in the work, so I'm not going to really belabor any of this anymore. But we're definitely going to talk about this more going forward. Because this is a really important topic to me. And uh, so, yeah. That's all I got for the moment.